Live as children of light. And find out what pleases the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in his his mighty mighty power. power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers. Against the authorities. Against the powers of this dark world. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. darkness. But rather expose them. Expose them. Expose them. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand Stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. With your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Take up the shield of faith. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Stand firm and live as children of light. Stand firm and live as children of light. Stand firm and live as children of light. Stand firm. All right, well, hey, everyone. How's everyone doing today? It's a response that maybe I'll see later if you comment on uh, YouTube and such. And so I uh, just want to say, just like Pastor Tony did, welcome. Welcome to Grace Church, Medina East Campus. Even if it's online, we're, we're still a church, and it's still good. And so if we've never met before, my name is Steve. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and uh, I'm just so thankful that we can still have this space and uh, still preach the message and the word. So um, so happy and thankful for that. And I would just say, like, we'd love to see some comments dropped uh, in the YouTube. And so be kind, be friendly, but it'd be a fun way to interact and see how that goes. So feel free, feel free to go for that. And uh, today then, uh, just like Pastor Tony said, we are actually in the last week of uh, this sermon series called Dangerous Living. And so the final week of this, and basically we spent uh, the last five weeks kind of going over eight verses And if you recall, we are in Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. So I would encourage you, if you can, go there now. Go there and get that ready now. Go to Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 18. If you have a Bible at home or an app, however you want to get there, uh, I would offer you one of ours, but you're at home. And so however you get there, go to Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. We'll pick back up here in a moment. And so if, if you haven't been around for this series, basically what we've been saying is we're kind of acknowledging that there's something wrong in the world, okay? There's something wrong in the world, and there's something wrong with us. Uh, As beautiful as this world is and as valuable that humanity is, uh, really, we all sense that something is wrong. Things are not the way that they are supposed to be. So what happened? What continues to occur to let that be so and to distort our world and our humanity in these ways? How do we make sense of all this, and what are we going to do about it? And so Ephesians, this passage that we're going to look to, it contains really a central teaching on this concept, this idea of spiritual warfare. And in it, we receive language and answers to the struggles and the battles that we all experience. And we've said a few things. We've said a few things in this series. We said that this battle that we all have, it's a spiritual battle, okay? So in kind of opposition to uh, naturalist thinking, all that we know and see is not just physical. There is a spiritual unseen realm as part of this whole thing. We also said that the battle is methodical. 
Uh, nothing about this battle is random. There are things that are happening on purpose. And we said that the battle is personal. It's a personal battle. This battle is being waged against you, uh, against me, and it's not just someone else's problem. It's a personal battle. So if so far you're like, wait, what are we talking about here? Well, I would just encourage you to listen back to our first message where we explain all of that. And so you can check out um, those past messages uh, whenever, you can, whenever you want to at that point. Um, but for today, what we'll do is, and because it's never, um, I'm always all about reading and rereading and rereading scripture, we're just gonna read those eight verses again here. And I would just encourage you to follow along uh, with your own Bible and with your own technology, because uh, I'm just gonna read it from right here. And so here we go. Ephesians 6, verse 10 says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled under your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then today, we're really gonna land on the next part here, verse 18, which says this, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Okay, so like I said, we've really worked through those first uh, seven verses, and today we're landing on verse eight. And specifically, uh, we, we just read through the NIV translation, which is great to read. And uh, one thing I wanna say about that, though, is you could look at verse 18, and you could see that there's just like section break, this paragraph break. It looks kind of like it could be a secondary thought, a new sentence, a new paragraph. You're like, wait a minute, Paul was just going on with this analogy about armor and all this stuff. Did he just kind of end that? And, and I would say, like, who knows? Maybe, maybe the analogy of the armor and the idea of the soldier just ended for Paul, Maybe he's like, okay, that was cool. We're going to move on from that analogy. I've exhausted that. However, there's something interesting in, in the Greek, and I, I'm not going to go there right now, uh, but we can also see in, say, the ESV translation, another English translation, we can see that there is, like, no paragraph or no section break or change. In the ESV, for example, this transition would go like this. It would say, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit. And so it's a continuous thought. And so why bring that up? Well, maybe Paul is trying to say that the way that we really tap into the power of the gospel, the way that we really become strong in the Lord and his mighty power, the way that we can really put on the full armor of God, the way that we actually can stand against the schemes and plans of the devil is accessed through prayer, praying at all times. It's a continuous thought here. And so the question then, how do I put on the armor of God? Through prayer. How do I take on the helmet of salvation? Through prayer we do these things. I mean, think about it. We just spent a few weeks looking at this passage, seeing and saying that our struggle isn't all physical. Okay, it's not all physical. 
Uh, There are spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There are things happening that are unseen to us. And and then if we were to say this, (laughs) to only say that just pick up your physical Bible, read God's word, muster up all the strength and ability you can, put on salvation, uh, or to only think through all the physical things that you and I can and should do, if that's our conclusion, if our resolution to the struggles and the battles and all the things that we have is reliant on our natural gifting, our abilities, and our power, then we have missed the whole unseen realm again. And we've missed the reality of the armor that we're provided out of a place of victory in Jesus and against the enemy of this world. Followers of Jesus, we ought to be people of prayer. Followers of Jesus ought to be people of prayer praying at all times in the spirit. Our battle is not all physical and our struggle cannot be resolved primarily through our natural gifting, our natural abilities, or our power, or our physical abilities, or anything like that. Watch Mani, he would put it this way. In his book, Sit, Walk, Stand, he says this. You ask me what I mean by natural power. Put very simply, it is what we can do without the help of God. We give a man the task of organizing something Uh, of planning a gospel campaign or some other Christian activity because he is naturally a good organizer. But if that is so, how hard will he pray? If he is accustomed to depend on his natural gifts, he may feel no need to cry out to God. The trouble with us all is that there are so many things we can do without relying upon God. We must be brought to the place where, naturally gifted though we may be, we dare not speak except in conscious and continual dependence on him, on Jesus. So the question is, what armor are we putting on? Is it God's armor? Is it our own armor? What salvation have we put on? What things are we doing in our own power? Do you see what he's saying here? So often Christians, myself including, we, we can easily go on living our life fighting our battles, resolving our struggles on our own, in our own power, void of relying upon Jesus and his spirit, void of the calling and crying out to God, and therefore void of accessing the actual power and relationship that we can all have in God and Jesus. See, we can access the sword, we can read the Bible, we can do all of that without relying on God. Honestly, we could. Uh, We can put on the belt of truth, without relying on God. Now, of course, is that the way that God has intended? So, what is the thing that congeals all of that together, that makes us all effective? Well, it's verse 18. It's praying in the Spirit. It's this right here. It's pray in the Spirit. This kind of directive that we are given. Pray in the Spirit. And I'm gonna be honest here. I'm not really sure that I'm the guy who's supposed to be preaching this message. Uh, literally, I just found out Monday that I had to preach this weekend, and so uh, th- there's that aspect of it, okay, whatever. But uh, the other part of it is, I, I honestly, I-, I feel deeply inadequate to preach a message like this. If you saw my discipleship to Jesus, if maybe you asked my wife or those that I disciple with, you would see that this is an area that can oftentimes be lacking in my life, uh, can be something that I personally would love to and need to work on. So you have a deep desire to be more in prayer. And I know the truth and the reality and the meaning of it all, but whenever it comes up, I can't help but to feel like I could be doing more in this area. 
I could be doing more to pray for uh, my family, my, my friends, people I know. I could be doing more in that area. And maybe some of you listening right now, maybe you feel that same way too. And you know what? what we can easily look at that. We can easily be down on ourselves about that. We could easily become paralyzed and uh, feel defeated because of this. And, and that's exactly, I think, what the enemy, the deceiver, would love for us to do, to take that weakness and to believe in that, and to believe that our prayers are meaningless, and therefore we should just rely on our own abilities as we are inclined to do. And so this week, I came to this realization uh, as I was wrestling with this passage, as I was wrestling with the inadequacy of my own uh, prayer life, and I've had this thought to myself as I was studying this week, um, this passage came to me, maybe you've heard of it, it's when Jesus is telling Paul that his grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect in weakness, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. See, I believe that that is true in our situations as much as it was true in Paul's. Paul, he'll go on to say in that passage that because of this, he will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. So wait a minute, you mean if I lean into my weakness, that is a way to access Christ's power? When I get into my weakness and let that be a good thing and give that to God, you mean he can rest his power on me because of that? Okay, Lord, I don't get it, but you know what? I'll boast about that today. (laughs) I'll boast about my weakness, about the fact that my prayer life needs a little attention. And I guarantee I'm not the only one in this room. There's a couple other people in this room, but I guarantee I'm not the only one in this room who can empathize with that and who needs to hear that as well. So what should we do then? Let's lean into and boast in our weakness and therefore rely on God as we do. And as we do that, we can propel forward into this passage, into verse 18, and do what it says and pray in the Spirit. Easy enough, right? Just do that. Just pray in the Spirit. Simple. (laughs) What in the world does that mean anyways? You might be thinking that. How do I do that? What does that even look like? Well, I can find uh, some comfort and uh, it's kind of hilarious, actually, that the Apostle Paul, uh, he was kind of like, yeah, uh, I don't really know either. (laughs) Uh, Romans 8.26, for example. Let's check this out. Paul says here, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. In our weakness, in the times where we don't know what to do with our struggles, our battles, the Spirit helps us. Paul is saying that, yeah, uh, we have no idea how we ought to pray. (laughs) Like, you're asking me, I don't don't know. we got to tap into this other thing. And so if uh, some examples for you, right? Uh, If you've ever been part of a life group, okay, and you know what happens here. This is a prime example if you've been part of a life group. There's usually this time in a life group where someone all of a sudden is like, okay, who wants to pray? And what inevitably happens is everyone gets a text message they have to look at or they find an interesting design on the carpet. What's going on there? (laughs) What's the deal? No one knows what to pray for. No one knows. Uh, Another example, a few weeks ago, um, I was with family. I was with family at the hospital uh, a few Sundays ago um, around my aunt who who was passing away. And I've been in these situations before. Okay, I've I've been in those situations. I've been at the hospital, uh, even with family. I've been through seminary, I've been through ministry for a little while now, and guess what? I still don't know what to pray. 
I still go into that situation with my family, and I'm supposed to be the pastor guy, and I still don't know what to pray. I still don't know what to do. I found, though, in those moments of pleading and listening to God, he gives me what to pray for. I recall just in that time a few weekends ago, I remember rolling up there and being like, well, I should probably think about what to do and how to pray, and I'm like just pleading with God. And next thing I know, I feel like God had given me something to say. <laughs> uh, it was with my mom, and we were with my aunt, and my mom was like, you're the pastor guy, what are you going to do? And so I was like, I, I recalled, I was just like, Lord, help me. I don't know. <laughs> like, there's not a verse, there's not a thing that I can go to that maybe there is, but what do I do? And it was so cool. As I was pleading and crying out to God, I feel like he reminded me of my aunt who had the serenity prayer memorized. And so I was like, oh, yeah. And so I looked up the serenity prayer. And in that moment, I was able to ask my mom, who is not a person of faith, and say, Mom, uh, would you want to pray this over, over her? And she did, and it was awesome. And so it's things like that that God will do when you cry out to him in your own weakness. Okay, well, I think it might be helpful to say that praying in the Spirit is way less about what I think should be prayed or, or having the right words or scripture or a premeditated idea of how that all is gonna work and go down. So let's do this real quick. Let's just say what praying in the spirit isn't, what it is, and how to do it. Okay, so check this out. Here's what maybe uh, praying in the spirit is, is not, okay? It's probably not this. It's not some mystical, magical secret ability. Like we're all trying to figure out how to tap into this secret power ability like it's some kind of secret. I don't think it's that. And therefore, it's not always an ecstatic experience. It's not always something that's explosive, oh, wow, like kind of moment or experience. It can be. It can be, but not always. See, the dangerous part with that is that in those times, at least in my experience, we, we get so caught up in the experience and the emotion, the feeling, that we actually lose sight of Jesus altogether. And so it's not always that. And I would say this, maybe the clearest way to say this is that praying in the Spirit is not praying in the flesh. The opposite of praying in the Spirit, I think, is praying in the flesh. And now it's kind of like a churchy word. What are we talking about here? Well, the opposite of praying in the Spirit praying in the flesh. When we are praying in the flesh, we are praying for our own desires, our own wants and needs. Not that that's a bad thing. We should. And, you know, you see in the Psalms that people cry out to God all the time for things that we want and need. We should do that. However, I would say that is often our drift. If you know me, that's often my drift, praying for me, 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 and my, 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 what I want and what I need. And so often, it can easily become contradictory to the wants, to the needs, and the desires of Jesus and his spirit, his will, and the will that he has for his people. So now we're getting a little bit into what praying in the spirit is. So let's talk about that. Maybe it is this. <laughs> Maybe it's alignment with the will of God. Being, uh, instead of being opposed with of the will, of God in our flesh. It's being in alignment of the will of God. And some of that, you gotta know some of the scripture. You gotta hang out with other Christians and find out what that is. But being in alignment with the will of God, submitting to him, next one, submission to Jesus' authority. When we are in the spirit, we are saying that we are in submission to, 
given up our authority, our own desires, wants, and needs to Jesus, to God, and to his will, and not just our own will and desires. And then, to be led by the Holy Spirit. Being led and guided by the Spirit in prayer. So, that brings up a great question, okay? So if that's what it is, uh, how can you tell when this is happening? <laughs> so let's ask ourselves a couple of questions here. Are we always praying for stuff? Are, are we always praying for things of the material world? It's not always bad, but is that our tendency? Is that our drift? Are we always praying for ourselves and our own situations, our own struggles, and, and our own battles? When we get into conflict, are we praying for it to simply just go away? Lord, please take this thing away from me. It shouldn't be here. I don't like it. Take it away. Or are we praying for others? Are we thinking about others and other people being more important to us in that way? Are we praying that God would lead us in discernment through our situations and through our struggles and through our battles, not just taking it away, but showing us how to be closer to him and help that situation? I would just sum it up this way. Are we trying to hear from God, or are we just letting God hear from us? It's something I wrestle with so much. I, don't, like, I wasn't even going to have this on the board, and Pastor Tony was like, do that, because that one hurts, and that one's good, and so here it is. And so, man, are, are we trying to hear from God, or are we just letting God hear from us? That's something I wrestle with. I, I wonder if you wrestle with that, too. And so, to sum it up for that. So, Okay. Praying in the Spirit, how do we do all of this? We talked about what it isn't possibly, what it is, how do we do it? Well, kind of a spoiler alert, I, I think the rest of this verse just straight up tells us. Uh, again, I don't think there's any too, too many secrets here. I think Paul just kind of lays it out. Here's the analogy, here's the armor of God, here's the things. Pray for all of it, and here's how you do that. And so, just to mention, uh, in regard to spiritual warfare, uh, the deceiver the enemy, the Satan, whatever you want to call it, we've talked about all these words, <laughs> he wants you to believe that your prayer life, that my prayer life, that our prayer life is awful. And because it's awful, we're hypocritical and trying, and therefore, we just shouldn't do it at all. And then when we allow ourselves to believe that praying for ourselves and the things that we want or need is more important than the things of God and looking for, out for others, and then that gets tricky. That gets into dangerous territory. And, and these are lies. I just mentioned my example, for example. My own lack in this area. See, part of the war is choosing not to believe in the lies, the deceits, and the schemes of the devil, or, or even the lack of confidence that we have and put in ourselves and our weakness. See, the thing is, you and I, we will probably feel inadequate a lot. You're not always going to be the, the prayer warrior, and somebody else is always going to be more spiritually more uh, spiritually mature than you. And I would just have to say, so what? So what? Part of how to pray in the Spirit is getting past all of that and just praying. And just praying. Praying that for, with Jesus and his will in mind. Boasting in your weakness. Look, like leaning into that weakness and saying, you know what? Yeah, that is something I struggle with. And so what? I'm going to pray anyways. In prayer to the Holy Spirit, in humility, because of our weakness, make your requests known to God. Make those known. Hear and listen from God. Align your thoughts and actions with his. 
Well, as I mentioned, the rest of uh, verse 18 is going to tell us, if you want to pray in the Spirit, do it this way. Do it in this way. And here's the part here. Do it within all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. In all occasions, in all kinds of prayers and requests. Okay, a couple concepts to come to mind here. This is like the idea of kind of praying without ceasing, praying constantly that you see show up in scriptures elsewhere. Not that we are in 24-7 prayer all the time. I, I don't think that that's actually realistic. But it's more about being in the discipline and understanding the vision of prayer so much that it becomes our first response and not a last resort. That's something that we say here at the Medina's campus. We say we want to be people that pray as a first response and not a last resort. Sometimes that takes discipline. Sometimes that takes getting to know Jesus and being prayerful in his spirit in that way. So praying in the spirit, praying in alignment with the reality that Jesus is king and that there is an unseen realm. And that will lead us into praying in times and in situations that aren't just special occasions. But we'll find ourselves praying often even in the mundane things of life. See, so often, myself including, uh, we wait for special occasions to pray. <laughs> we, reserve, we reserve these special occasions and these prayer times for I don't know, when you sit down at dinner with your family in prayer time, uh, at bedtime, at church time, life group time, we reserve these special occasions to pray for uh, times of sickness and death. We reserve it for times of celebration and life and praise and success. And not that we can't pray in the spirit in those times. We should during those special occasions. However, <laughs> it can easily become that drift where it's reserved only for those special occasions. But praying this way, praying in the Spirit, means that we make prayer a lifestyle, a daily occasion. Again, a first response to any occasion, not just a special occasion reserved for a really bad or a really good time or a really good celebration or any kind of last resort things like that. Did you know that, um, just want to let this be known here, we, we have a prayer team. We have a prayer team that faithfully stands right back there, right back there in the auditorium, praying for and ready to pray with and for people in between and after each service. We often invite people to this space, but it's not usually until a special occasion that we get the most people. It's usually when the sermon hits just right and we're feeling it, and that's a special reason for us to go and pray. Now, I'm not trying to cast any shame or guilt here at all, <laughs> but the thing is, we don't need an excuse. We don't need a special occasion or a reason to pray. We can and should pray in all occasions with all requests and all prayers. When you're driving to work, taking a hike, walking through your house, and when something or someone comes to mind, do we stop and think, man, I'm gonna pray for this. I'm gonna pray in that occasion. That is worth my time to stop and to think of that person and to pray for that person, to stop and pray for that thing and pray for that occasion, to stop and pray for that person with that person, interceding, interceding for them and praising uh, in that situation, whatever that situation might be. I'll just sum it up this way. If you want to pray in the Spirit, we make prayer an all-occasion lifestyle. All-occasion, not just special occasions, not just when we feel like it, how can we grow that discipline to say, man, praying in the Spirit looks like when that thought comes to mind, when that person comes to mind, I'm going to captivate that thought 
I'm gonna pray for that for real. Okay, this next part's interesting. We are, we are to be alert and we are to pray always for the followers of Jesus. It says here, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Okay, what's going on here? Well, one way to grasp that or this concept is to think of it this way. If you're going through something, likely somebody else might be going through the same thing. Okay, it's pr- pretty easy, right? If, if you are going through something, it's very likely that somebody else might be going through the same thing. It's interesting to bring up because here's what I think. I think that since our, our tendency is to so often pray for ourselves and our own wants and needs, I, it, we drift and we just pray for our own wants and needs. What if instead in praying in the Spirit and in all occasions and for all the Lord's people, it looks like stopping and when we begin to pray for our own, distru- our own distress, our own issues, our own wants and needs, what if instead we said, you know what, Lord, who do I know that needs this prayer right now? Not just praying for myself, but God, could you, could you just show me, like, I have this issue, or I have this struggle, or I have this thing. Who do I know also that could use this prayer as well? So maybe if, if I'm going through this thing, uh, then surely there's somebody else who could be using this prayer as well. When I was talking through this passage with uh, some of our other pastors, a really intriguing analogy came up uh, from our studies. And so uh, you got to check this out, all right? So if praying is a key component to accessing the armor of God, all the things that we just talked about the last few weeks, right? Then what if, what if in praying in the Spirit, as we pray for others in these ways, what if we are actually, spiritually speaking, what if we are actually putting on the armor of God to one another. Isn't that interesting? Just think about that. Like, Lord, give that person the belt of truth right now. Lord, help that person with, 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 the, with the, your word. God, that person, they just need uh, the breastplate of righteousness. Lord, put that armor for my brother and sister in Christ. I, we just thought that was so good. Like, think about that. Our battle, our battle is spiritual, our battle is methodical. Our battle is personal. This is everyone's battle. And especially in these days where we are being asked to physically distance ourselves from each other, we need to enact this kind of thing more than ever. We need to be praying for other brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we do this, we are putting on the armor of God, the, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness onto them very much in a spiritual way. We're equipping other people through prayer, engaging in the power of the gospel in that way for others. We are engaging the battle with others in exactly the right way that we need to. And so I think um, we also do need the physical side of things, right? Uh, we, we need to meet with people. We, we need to read scripture and pray. We need to do these physical things for sure. But I guarantee you, if you're like me, we could all do better at praying. <laughs> praying in every occasion, even in the mundane things of life and praying for others, praying for the Lord's people. Okay, so in this moment, what I would really love for us to do, I would love for us to do this. I want to invite you to put this into practice with me right now. Okay, I want to invite you, put this into practice with me right now. Like right now? Like, yeah, like right now. But, but I'm with my family, the kids are crazy. Like, uh, yeah, we haven't prayed before Let's try it. It's going to be weird. Yep, it's going to be weird. That's okay. (laughs) 
Let this time propel your weakness, my weakness, for the sake of an intimate relationship with Jesus by praying in the Spirit to God's will and for others. Also, feel free just to ask. Ask the Spirit. Say, Lord, help me. Teach me how to pray in this way. And also feel free to pause. Come back to this whenever you would need to. But I want to provide you with some space as you consider these things and to maybe just kind of go over what this can look like. It doesn't have to be some crazy thing. I just want to show you that this is something we can do and obtain. I want to provide you with that space. And again, feel free to pause this and do this later, but would you join me as we pray in the Spirit together? And real quick, though, I'm going to invite the band up. We'll have them come up, and, uh, you know, that's the good old, you know, we're going to wrap up soon here, okay, that whole thing. But maybe you're watching this, and maybe you're like, well, this has all been great and weird uh, because I'm not a follower of Jesus, <laughs> okay? So if that's you, I'm so glad that you have stuck with us this far. Thank you. And if that's you, if you're wrestling with that, if you're investigating Jesus, if you're not following after Jesus, and maybe you're curious about that, I want to challenge you to pray. And not to pray to some unknown God, but to pray to Jesus. And I actually want to encourage you to pray through a psalm with me. Okay, Psalm 139. I hadn't looked at this passage in this way before, but I just want you to pray this with me. It just says, I'll just read it for a second. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Okay, so let's do that together now. And, and honestly, lots of, lots of Christians need to pray this too. So join me anyways, because we, we often think that we need to search for God when really we can ask him to search us. So would you pray that with me even now? Well, Lord Jesus, um, God, I just ask that, that you search me. <laughs> I ask for anyone who is, who is praying this right now, God, that uh, we wouldn't just talk to, to any God. It says, search me, God, but I just ask, search me, Jesus. Would you know my heart? Search me, know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. And Jesus, lead me in the way everlasting. Jesus, show me what that means and what that looks like. Jesus, would you do that? Would you search me? Show me. Lead me into the way everlasting. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you're seriously asking God to search you, please let one of us know that you're praying that. Uh, fill out that online connect card that Tony mentioned early on in our, on our website or in the link below on YouTube. Email one of our pastors. You can email me. Email a life group leader. Find a Christian that you trust and let them know that you are interested in this journey. And we would love to journey with you in that, in finding Jesus and letting him search your heart and reveal himself to you. All right, well, for those that are followers of Jesus, I have two more challenges uh, for you and, and for me. <laughs> this is for me too. And so challenge number one here, I am inviting you to pray in the spirit for all the Lord's people. It's just verse 18. Praying in the spirit for all the Lord's people. Okay, so, and, and by the way, in all occasion, for all requests, for all the Lord's people, as it said. And let's do so, not just for you, not just for me, but for others. Okay, think through that analogy of putting on the spiritual armor of God to your brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Think about that when you're praying. Uh, Maybe you need to write these things down as you're praying. Maybe you are thinking through these spaces, family, friends, life group, church. Maybe you're thinking through people that you know that are followers of Jesus. Maybe you're a person who needs to write that down, write those names down so you can pray for them now and for later. Maybe you're someone who needs to be completely still. You can't do it now. That's okay. Pause the video. Do what you gotta do. Maybe you need to do this with other people. That's fine. Get with your life group. If you're not a part of a life group, get into a life group. It's all weird for everybody, so it's gonna be fun. Just jump in. And I just ask you to do that. And if you need to know how to do that, I just refer back to Paul. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> we just ask, ask and just figure it out. So let's do that now. Let's, let's just pray in these ways now. Jesus, I, God, just as, your, as this passage here says, I, I ask for, for your strength and for your might for brothers and sisters in Christ that I know. God, I know that there's family of mine and family of others that need to have the belt of truth. God, I know there's friends and people in my life group and probably people in your life group, people in our church, our school, our work that need the breastplate of righteousness. God, they need the shoes of readiness of the gospel of peace. God, would you bring those people to mind to us now? Lord, I, even now I'm thinking about my own wants and my own needs because I always drift back to that. God, would you show me, would you show us other brothers and sisters in Christ who need this, who need that armor right now? Maybe it's because of the season we're in, uh, whether it's because it's the, the holiday season or the COVID season or whatever else. God, just show us. God, we just ask you for that. Who, who in these spaces of our life need that prayer right now? God, help me as I go through my day-to-day, not so focused on myself, but focused on the Lord's people. God, I just pray that we, we tap into your spiritual armor that way. God, we need you. And there's others that need you and need this too. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. One last thing, and it's found at the end of this passage, and um, we actually haven't got to read this part yet in this series, but I think there's something really good that we need to see here. Paul says this in closing on that in in 19 to 20. Paul says, pray also for me. What do you want us to pray for you about, Paul? That whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Other translations say boldly. Let's pray that. Let's pray in the spirit in this way and not not just what we think other people need, okay? And so here's what we're gonna do. Number two, Pray in the spirit for those that don't know Jesus. So often, I think I know what other people that don't know Jesus need. And God, I just submit to you that I don't know. <laughs> and I need to ask you. So I, I just say, let, let's, let's think about that. Let's um, not to, sometimes I, I want people to come to, know you, to come to know Jesus because 
Um, it, it'll make my life easier, honestly. It'll make my life better. It'd be a great win for me if I got to share the message to somebody else. I just drift back to that selfish desire all the time. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna ask what the Lord wants to do and how to reveal the gospel to others. We, we often say this, pray for your three. It's the language we, brought, we, we keep bringing up. Is there three people that you know that desperately you want to come to know Jesus? And we're just gonna pick these words from Paul. We're gonna pray for the words that we would have, okay? Because we're not just praying for people. We need to share the gospel with people. We need to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace to others, and we need to use our words. We're gonna pray for fearlessness. We're gonna pray that, I don't know about you, but fear can take over me. When I have a good friendship with somebody who doesn't know Jesus and and I'm fearful to share the gospel with them because I, I don't want them to think differently of me, we're gonna pray away for that. We're gonna pray for fearlessness to share the gospel. We're gonna pray for boldness. And not boldness by way of like, I'm just gonna tell them what they need to hear. Boldness by way of saying, I love this person so much. God loves this person so much. Would you take away this fear? Would you give me these words to to boldly present the gospel to somebody? Let's pray. Well, Jesus, yeah, again, I, I don't know what to pray other than, Lord, in my weakness of not having the words, of having fear and having a lack of boldness, God, would you help us with that? Would you help me? Lord, maybe there's people here who have never thought about three people, let alone one person, that we would pray for to come to know you, Jesus. God, help us to get get outside of ourselves, outside of our comfort. Help us to reach out and find people that need to hear your message. And God, not the way that we think they need to hear, but Lord, I just, I just ask you, would you give us the words? Would you give us your words so that we can, with truth and with grace, share your message with people that you want to come to know you? God, there's three people I'm thinking of right now. Lord, would you bring to mind three people to others? People in those spaces we just mentioned. Maybe there's people in our family, our friends, even our life group in our church, our community and our world. God, bring those people to our mind. Help us with the words, with the fear that we often get. Help us to be bold in such a good way so that we can share the story and the message of Jesus. And that we can have another brother or sister that we can pray for. And, and instead of praying to come to know you and to pray in your spirit, that we would then be able to pray the armor to continue to fight this battle together, the spiritual warfare that we are all in. So I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, Grace Church, we love you. We're committed to Jesus. We're committed to you. And I ask that we would just stand firm and may all of us access the armor of God through prayer in every occasion, in every situation. Love you.